0: Culture. This is Clint
1: and this is Gordon
0: and we're back for another week. I'm barely awake. It's a good thing we're recording in my bedroom I guess <laughs> I'm gonna pass out as we soon as we're done while we record. I don't know if it's the weather It's been really like dreary around here lately or yeah. if it's the fact that I got four hours of sleep last night It's probably probably the latter probably a combination yeah. You're waking like up that. at like 5 a.m for sure. Yep. How's your transition back to the real world post honeymoon been going it's been good
1: i don't know i thrive kind of in, in work mode and so that's been fun but i uh, have not settled on a solid like a uh, sleep routine
0: mm-hmm.
1: that's just also harder when there's someone else in the bed just to be like i don't want to get out i just want to lay here with that person yeah so which is fine but it's super not uh not helpful yeah not yeah. productive no No, no, no. Especially when I'm like, I'm going to get up and pray. I can't do that. I got to go to work. (laughs) So. Yeah. It's been okay.
0: So the other question that everyone wants to know, what is your Super Bowl analysis post game?
1: What's what's my Super Bowl analysis? Yeah. Give Uh, us the highlights of the game. Okay. Based
0: off of everything that you saw and experienced.
1: Yeah. Well, there was a great interception one time. Mm Mm-hmm. I think someone won, ultimately. I think so. And some people lost. But really, in the end, we we're all kind of won. Yeah. Yeah. We're all winners. Um, and just give a shout out to the state of Kansas for their win. And yeah, it was great. The halftime show was killer. A lot of good themes, and messages. A lot, of,
0: a lot of not good themes. Yeah. I mean, it was cultural. It was ups and downs. Yeah.
1: It was a roller coaster. <laughs>
0: Um, and the food was great, so. The food is good. Yeah. 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 We, we went to a Super Bowl party, but neither of us really watch football, so we got glimpses. Yeah, like, I I'm will just, watch football, but if yeah. there's other
1: things going on that. Uh, there's board games. Yeah, well, there are a little more or fun football. for me. I really like the Super Bowl, I do, and I wanted the 49ers to win over the Chiefs, but, uh. Yeah, there wasn't two teams I was crazy about. So I'd, I yeah. really had no investment in it as, as I have in the past.
0: I wear a, or wore a, a color that was good for both teams. Yeah. So went for the the red look. Really didn't care. With that, other than the Super Bowl, which we uh, kind of took a... In. We had a, a break from our, our fasting for XS90. That was the one thing that we relaxed. Other than that, what have you been taking in? A lot of things that
1: <laughs> you can't. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, okay. I, I mentioned at the Super Bowl party, I, I watched Heavyweights recently, the Fat Camp movie. Yeah. Um, I've, I've gotten into some new podcasts, probably ones I won't like continue during this exodus because they're great, but they're more comedy related. so it's like, I don't know if this is really... More entertaining than... Yeah. yeah. But one's called The Dollop, and it's basically just two comedians that tackled kind of like uh, history or... What's it called when like something happens in the news? The news? Sure. Or like news. I don't know. But it's like hilarious because they just like kind of tell the story, but they're comedians. So they just like riff on it the whole time. So it's
0: like late night, but podcast version. Exactly.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. So I listened to the first episode and I was in tears. And then I listened to the other one was called uh, How Did This Get Made? And it's three comedians that just go over synopses of movies that should never been made and just (laughs) tear it apart. Like I listened to the first two um, and the second was on Spider-Man 3. And they just, like, yeah, they just tore it apart. But it's hilarious.
0: Spider-Man 3, like... With Venom and of the first trilogy. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. that was pretty rough. Yeah. Um, or Avatar, the live action.
1: I'm sure it's in there. <gasps> I'm to, it's gotta they just, be. They just take it apart. but And that's... that's oh, I've, I've been playing a ton of Cuphead. Um, oh, yeah. I gotta beat it before I go full Exodus.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's about it. Oh, that's not nearly as much as I expected. Yeah, I feel
1: like I had more because I feel like I skipped out on some things last week, but I can't remember. I started reading a new book. I don't know if I mentioned it last week. Um, which, oh, here it is. Faith for Exiles. I don't think you mentioned that. No, no I just started reading it. Literally, I got it last week we recorded, but I didn't read it yet. And it's kind of like an iGen book. So like being an exile in... In, in, in a technol- technology sense, I forgot how. Okay. I just read like the forward so far, mm-hmm. um, and we're reading it as directors within a door, um, and discussing it.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I don't. I haven't gotten like into the good stuff yet, but I will. I will let you know. Cool. How it is. Yeah. If especially if it's a uh, generational stuff, I've been really into that. So yeah, Keep it, me it cool is stuff. generational. What cool. about you? What
1: have you been uh, receiving?
0: Mostly Christian music and books, because that's really about all I can take yeah, in. Yeah, you've now. read like 50 books. I have... I'm about to finish my seventh book so far, and it's the first week of February. So, But I finished Ready Player One. I don't know if I mentioned I'd started that last week, but uh, yeah. crushed through that in like four days. It was awesome. Uh, the new one that I just started, and I'm already over halfway through, is Thrawn, so we talked to Taylor Scholl about that back on our Star Wars mm-hmm. episode, and I found the Thrawn trilogy. So that's the bad guy. It's from the bad guy. Rebel, rebel. Uh, yeah, from Rebels. But so the one I'm reading right now uh, starts about ten years before Rebels, where they the Empire first finds Thrawn and then his uh, ascent to power. Okay, and so it's a ten year story of yeah how he became who you
1: really like met him to be right
0: yeah Yeah. and one of the coolest things about the the book so far is that uh a lot of the times you know how the author will describe the setting and stuff like that right instead of just describing the setting it's all done through thrawn's perspective because like taylor explained he's very analytical he notices Mm -hmm. every little detail Mm -hmm. and so it's told through his eyes eyes, and you see every like small muscle movement and clenching. And so that's how he interprets people's reactions to what he says. It's really interesting. That is really cool. Uh, so I've been reading those two. And then as far as music, um, I was on a brother Isaiah kick for a little bit. Okay. So he's pretty solid. He's I, great. I know yeah. we've talked about him before. Um, I was on Gregorian chant for a little bit, just trying to hit also great. all the bases, you know, Danielle Rose, who I've definitely talked about on here before. She has, Oh my gosh, she's like one of my favorite Catholic musicians. And the songs that she sings, you actually have to like think about them. So she has like one that's told from the perspective of the rose bush that the Crown of Thorns came from. Oh. Yeah. And so it, it's it's a bunch of really cool stuff like that. It's um, a song. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's like five or six minutes long, too. That's really cool. Yeah. Uh Matt Maher. Audrey Assad, so the big ones, and then Rita West, who uh is a little bit smaller of a musician compared to Audrey Assad and Ummet Mahler, but she's really, really good. I think she's from Louisiana somewhere in the south, okay, so not too far from here um but she has this song called um, Invitation" that I really like right, and we were thinking about putting that as um the theme song for our summer camp hmm. Um, But I don't think that's what we're going to go with. So sorry, Rita, if you're listening. Uh, But it is really, really good. And I've listened to it a lot. So that's what I'm taking in. Sweet. And you have one more. I do have one more. Uh, It's an
1: oldie, but a goodie. Uh, I rewatched it recently because me and Lizzie still don't have like internet. So even though I sort of can, I still feel guilty about it, but sort of can watch things. uh, We don't like have the capability to get onto Netflix or Disney Plus, unless we like hotspot it, which we can do, but it's not ideal all the time. So mm-hmm. I have like DVDs, but by the time it's like late, there's like certain things we're in the mood for. And so we wanted just like a good comedy. So I rewatched Yes man for the first time in a long time. So, but you've seen it a couple times before. Yeah, I own it okay fan i love it i think it's a great movie okay. i realized today when i was looking it up it got terrible reviews
0: yeah i that's why i never went and watched it it just i kind think of it's a great movie with, just
1: with a great message actually what the synopsis you sent me wasn't accurate accurate oh. in the sense of like people like walking all over him it wasn't that but okay everything else is true uh i literally
0: only have seen the trailer
1: okay but i also love jim carrey Um, so that's another thing. I'm a little biased sometimes, but yeah, no, it's a really funny movie, uh, really good message. And I was watching it, not thinking I'm going to do a podcast about it, but literally like the whole time I was like, this would be so easy to talk about. And so essentially we can dive right in. It's about Jim Carrey's character's name is Carl. And you quickly find out in the very beginning, like just through dialogue and stuff that he was married and is no longer married. His wife left him either like two or three years ago. Okay. And because of that, his demeanor has changed. To where he just turns down opportunities, turns down hanging out with friends. He has two really good friends, but he never hangs out with them. He just like ignores their phone calls. He's just a homebody who just stays home. His, his routine is like buying a Redbox movie and watching it at home, and then going to work every day. And he works at a bank where he people come to him to try to get loans for mm-hmm. business, small businesses, or like ideas and stuff, and he usually rejects them. Other thing, he just says no, essentially to life.
0: Oh, yeah, I was way off basis. I see what's going on. Yeah. And so
1: I have a the first dialogue I want to jump into was that idea. It's with his friend, Peter, who's actually Bradley Cooper. Yeah, Bradley Cooper. Exactly. And this is his best friend. And he misses his engagement party. Like when the first scene is when they, go, they trick him to go hang out with them. And you realize it's been a while because he's like, you guys are engaged? Wow, you guys are moving quick. It's been like six months. And they're like, Carl, we've been together for two years. Um, So he's just (laughs) not catching on. And so this is the conversation I have when he comes. He's like, uh, he misses the engagement party and he comes to confront him about it in his apartment. He's like, this wasn't just drinks at a bar, Carl. This was my engagement party. You only get married once. He's like, well, I wouldn't certainly do it again. So he's like, you know, Debbie Downer. He's like, I know, Carl. I know that Stephanie left you and you freaked because of it. But this isn't about you. This is about me. When's the last time you did anything fun? You're always making excuses. I don't want to commit. I don't want to get tied down. I mean, do you even know my fiance's last name? Like, yeah, it's Fisher. Fishman. Wait, Fishwall? It's Lucy Burns, Carl. (laughs) And guess what? She doesn't even like my best friend. And I keep trying to think of reasons why she should. But you know what? I can't think of any. And he starts to like try to stop as he was walking away. And he's like, I don't want to hear any excuses, Carl. You do whatever you want. I'm just telling you, if you don't change your life, you're going to end up a lonely guy. And I remember we were watching that and Lizzie's like, he's a good friend. Because he's given him like a million chances. Mm-hmm. But also in this, he's not like just mad at him. He is, but he's like, this is like just anger. And he's being really like intent, like intentional with how he's trying to correct Carl. Like, it's like right. you're being selfish and I understand where you are. But now what you're doing is affecting other people.
0: Yeah, it's like in scripture where uh, it says, if uh, your brother sins against you, go to him in person. Right. And uh, if he doesn't change, then go to him with two or three others, and then bring the community or the church. And if he doesn't listen, then cut him off. But like he's he's given him the chances. He's had this fraternal correction, which we've talked about a lot, because like that's something that's really big with both of us. Like we we really appreciate when someone calls us out and stuff like that, and I think that's that's really big.
1: Yeah. And he, I think he does appreciate it because that night he has a dream that he's like dead on the couch and it's like flies and the friends come in to hang out at the apartment and they're like, Hey Carl, what's up? And they're talking to him and they're like, wait, do you think he's dead? He's like, I don't know. He doesn't look any different than I usually see him. He's like, I don't know. Yeah. If he only came around more, maybe we'd know. And like it was, he's dreaming it, but then he wakes up in like a cold sweat and previously he'd met an old friend of his who came to the bank and told him about this seminar because his life was radically changed by just saying the word yes to everything. Hmm. And so when he wakes up from that dream, he sees this pamphlet. So it's like
0: a motivational speaker. Oh yeah.
1: Super motivational speaker. So he sees okay. that pamphlet and is like, I'm going to go. Like I don't want to, I'm going to go because Peter talked some sense into him. So he goes and they do the same thing, you know, that might happen at some of your churches on, on a Sunday where they're like, we want to, like, acknowledge the newcomers. Oh, my gosh. So who's new here? And his this. friend who invited him was like, my friend here. And he's, like, trying to, like, shrink up. And so the main speaker ends up, like, running to him,
0: like, with light, with microphone. And didn't Joel talk about this when he was on, too? Joel Stepanek? Yes, how, man. I know how he hates when you oh, go to a church yeah. and they make you yeah, stand
1: up. Totally. Yeah birthdays anniversaries anyone
0: (laughs) Uh, anyone know anyone who's ever celebrated anything before stand him up get up here
1: round of applause (laughs) yeah and so he confronts him because he's like he's like do you want to come up and he said no and when he says no the entire crowd starts mocking him like and so he runs to him and this guy's name is terrence he's the motivational speakers you will mm-hmm. and he's like let me guess someone taught you into coming here didn't they he said yes yes and, every, and just imagine every time he says yes the whole crowd just screams yes <laughs> every time he says no the whole crowd just like mocks him Ooh. <laughs> and so he's like and you're not sure about this are you carl he's like no no man no man no man, no man. you're dead carl you say no to life and therefore you're not living you make up excuses to the people around you and yourself. You're stuck in the same dead-end job. You've been for years. You don't have a girlfriend. You don't have anything close to a girlfriend. And you lost the love of your life because she couldn't be with someone who didn't live theirs. Am I right, Carl? And Carl's, like, shocked, because it's exactly his life. But he's also, like, I have been, like, shamelessly, like, I have been having a little trouble. I was like, we're gonna make a covenant, Carl. Would you like to make a covenant? Yes. Yes! Yeah! every time an opportunity presents itself no matter what it is you will say yes and carl's like well what if i say the other word because he doesn't want to say no anymore and he's like you'll be making a promise to yourself and when you break a promise to yourself things can get a little dicey so what do you say are you ready to make a covenant and he says yes and he like yes really makes him say yes like a bunch to where like carl feels it and is like changed a little bit yeah we can stop there. So originally this whole movie, and you'll see the simple takeaway is saying yes to life. And that line, I actually don't pull that line up anywhere else, but they do say that a whole bunch. And there's two ways you could take that. One, it could be like the pro-choice or right to life mm-hmm. thing, but I don't really want to do it that way. I just want to say like yes to life in this sense of the God's covenant with us and mm-hmm. yes to like a life of faith in Jesus.
0: Um, so is there anything that's we've covered so far, that you'd want to break open more or yeah i think a couple things with that last one i i think the whole saying yes to life um is kind of interesting uh, especially how you're saying like saying yes to a relationship with jesus because we talk about how that's new life right something i like to ask people especially like confirmation students and stuff is do you know your baptismal date because that's the date uh, if if we truly believe what the church teaches about our baptism that's the date where we truly found life, right? Uh, so the baptism symbolizes the drowning, so the death to our old life, and then the life that comes from the water is our, our new life, where we're reborn as sons and daughters of Christ. Yeah. Um, and so, do you know your baptismal date as well as you know your birthday? And if not, why? Right. Uh, I, I talked to some teens a little bit a couple weeks ago, I think, and uh, convinced them to go ask their parents if they could celebrate their baptism as they celebrate their birthday. Their parents are probably not going to like that, but we'll, we'll see what happens. But yeah, just like appreciating what that means that we're reborn in Christ and what that looks like. I think that's really big. And then going off of that, like we talk about on here, our, our life and our spiritual journeys an adventure. And it, this is going into like the Hobbit, right? Where Bilbo keeps denying the adventure and denying the adventure and denying the adventure. And Eventually, it just takes that one little yes, and it radically changes his life. And he, he asks Gandalf whether or not it'll be safe, or whether or not he'll return. And Gandalf was like, I I can't promise you that, and if you do return, you're not going to be the same person. Yeah. And it's the same thing for our life and our spiritual totally. journey. Like, you're if you come back, you're not going to come back the same person. No. And uh, same, same thing like, with that. What's at-
1: that called? The Ark, or the... Hero's Ark? Is that, I think... Where when they begin the way, when they come back they're clearly changed.
0: Yeah, I think that's a hero's arc. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Joseph Campbell yeah. talks about that kind of stuff. But yeah, and, and same thing in C. S. Lewis's Chronicles of Narnia, where is Aslan? Is Aslan a, a safe lion? No, he's right. not safe, but he is good.
1: And that's what I wanted to talk about just now, as we we're cracking that open, is like how big that three-letter word is. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, because it's simple. But I think like it's it's interesting that it's so scary to say that word. And uh, I know we've talked about it on here before, but even with like um, IGEN and even they say it about the millennials too and like what it takes to commit. And there's so many options nowadays. Yeah. That we that we don't like. This is a huge pet peeve. Or, for or even for me, I I know I fall into this sometimes where I'll like make plans and then the closer that date gets, I'm like, I don't want to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. Like I did. I really don't want to play D&D on Friday. I'm just kidding.
0: That was a, that was a jab. <laughs> uh. <sighs> Deep cut. Not that I've spent hours <laughs> prepping that already, but no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I do want to play. Um. <laughs> and I, I get what you're saying though. That's actually been something that's come up a, a lot in conversations recently and it's been kind of a frustration for me is the lack of people being able to commit. And I don't know if I mentioned it on here or just to you, but I think a lot of that comes down to one like you're hinting at where we, we're we so tied in so many different things that we're waiting for a better option to come. And someone brought this up to me one time when I was in college, how we do this. And if you think about it, what you're saying to someone when you do that is what you're offering me time with you is someone else could give me something better right. than, than you. you It your, sounds your gift enticing, but it doesn't sound like the best option. Right. And for, especially if someone's... So for, for myself, my love language is quality, quality time. time. Mm-hmm. And so if someone tells me, like, you know, I might have a better option that I could spend my time with, that really hurts. Right. Like, that's literally one of the worst ways you can insult me. Yeah. Or, or like, You're hurt like, me. Cool. Yeah. And so, even if someone's love language isn't that, it's still something that you're telling that person that you, your time is not the most important thing. And I'm going to wait and see if someone else better than you right. might give me their time. Yeah, uh, and, and it's kind of a not directly saying that, but that's what your actions are implying. So there's that. Then there's also the fact that we're so obsessed with productivity and appearing active. We've talked about that before, saying active instead of busy all the time. We always want to appear busy and active because if we're busy and active, that means we're productive to society and we're doing something something good where people can value who we are. And because of that, we pretend like we're more busy and productive than we really are. And we make excuses like he's talking about here to avoid doing other things with other people. Yeah. Even at a a detriment to ourselves and others.
1: And it's so interesting that the easy no just leads to loneliness and boredom but yes leads to work and difficulty going back to like c.s lewis and those stories but joy and freedom Mm -hmm. like even in 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 the trials so yeah and essentially in this moment this is a turning point where he embarks on his his adventure and so he's Mm -hmm. leaving the big thing and as he's getting in his car, this homeless man's like, hey, can you give me a ride to the park? And obviously his friend over here is this. He's like, yes, you're <laughs> a yes man now. And he's like, sure. And so he gets in the car and he's like, do you mind if I use your phone? And the guy, the window's down. So he's like, yes, come on, you can do it. And he's like, so. And they're driving like forever away. And the guy's just like chatting up a storm, like on the phone, which seems like friends and stuff. And then he's like, uh, do you want me to keep, do I keep going? And he's like, just, just a little bit further. Hold on, hold on. He's like he's like being like, he's like upset that the guy interrupted him. Um, and then they finally get somewhere in the park and he's like, oh man, your phone died. And he's like, thanks. And then he's like, thanks man. Can I have some money? Like you have like a few bucks. And he's like, sure. And he pulls out like a, some cash and like flips through it and gives him, he's like, that's a lot of money. Can I have like all of it? And then like laughs, like he thinks he's making a joke. And he's just like, sure. Because at this point he's annoyed, but he's still trying to say yes. Oh my gosh. Um, and he's like, wow, man. God bless you. And then like, just jumps into a This push. is Peter that's... This is the homeless man that he just helped. Oh, homeless man. Yeah, totally homeless man. Um, and then he starts to turn around and drive away. And he, and then he his car stops moving because he ran out of gas. So his phone's dead. He ran out of gas. And he's like many, many, many miles away from home. Mm. And so he's like walking with the thing, can, And he's like, yeah, help this person out. Just say yes. Let him talk on your phone until it dies. Give him all your money. Great. And all this stuff to where it seems like he's in like a, he's done what he was told and it's terrible. And then he's getting gas and a new character, Allison comes in who's Zoe Deschanel and she's on like a scooter and she's filling up and he's talking to himself Mm. still like hanging and she's like laughing and takes a picture of him. And then they meet and she figures out what happened. And so she gives them a ride back. And while they're filling up, she they're talking and they're kind of joking. And yeah, they're just kind of hitting it off in, in a weird way. But he's mm-hmm. he's not, he just kind of being himself. And then she's like, okay, well, anything else I can do? And he's like, no. And he like mumbles to himself, like, unless you want to make out. And she's like, what'd you say? He's like, what? <laughs> and so she kisses him. And then like, like gets on her scooter and like, like have a good night walks away and like he relics in his pocket and she gave him like the picture that he took of him like filling up gas Mm -hmm. and he was like just happy and then drives home and he stays up that night he's looking at the picture and then sees the pamphlet from the seminar and it says yes always leads to something good Mm. and he realized like that seemed like everything leading up to that seemed like the worst He just lost money all these things but if he hadn't have done that and trekked down to the gas station, he had wouldn't have met her. And yeah, ultimately, it was it was good.
0: So I want to jump in here. Go ahead, because I, I see what you're trying to say, but also no, no, no. please, yeah. I, I think we need to be clear. Like saying yes to everything is not always good. Yeah, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of really bad things and a lot really bad choices. And uh, I think if you say. This yes to everything is always good. That can very easily lead to relativism. Yeah. uh, Where anything you say yes to, it's going to be a good option. Right. And that's obviously not true. Right. Right. Uh, We could say, murder. Hey, you want to go kill this guy? Yes. Yeah, because you asked. It's going to lead to something good. No, like that's dumb. Right. But the way that we're talking about it, where this yes to life is a yes to an adventure or a yes to a calling, something that's a little bit more discerned and not just, like, thought through on our own, but, like, something that we've actually prayed through and, like, we're led to by, by God and not just... No, yeah. totally. And
1: that's the issue that you see in this movie is yeah. after that, he's like, okay, I'm, I'm a yes man. I believe this. So he starts literally saying yes to everything. Like, he's pulling up, like, like ads that you get in your emails, like spam where it's like Persian <laughs> wife finder, and he's like, "Why not
0: prince in Africa?"
1: Yeah, he's just saying yes <laughs> to stuff, but he starts taking guitar lessons. He starts learning Korean. He starts giving out loans to everyone, no matter what they're asking. Oh, he's gonna lose his job. He starts taking playing lessons. All these things, but there are, and and that's what actually the next thing I want to talk about is like, there is a there is a level to saying yes to life in the sense of like saying yes to an adventure, yes mm-hmm. to Christ, yes to like living your life versus intentionally not living your life. Right.
0: But there's a difference to saying yes to everything. Mm -hmm. Did you have a question? Not a question. I was just going to say like one other thing about that though, is if you do look at it in the way that we're describing as the good. So the saying yes to the call, the the adventure that we're supposed to be on, when you say yes to that, it does always lead to good. And it, it might be hard. It might be difficult, kind of like the journeys we talked about in The Hobbit or in The Chronicles of Narnia. It might be painful, but God always makes good come from that. Yeah. And so in that sense, saying yes to what you're supposed to say yes to will always lead to good.
1: I I used that in a youth group last week where we were talking about, uh, we're going through the Valley of Dry Bones, but how that is a call to adventure, but what that means. And Mm -hmm. I used Spider-Man 2, Fire From Home. And it's the scene where he's, have you seen that? Yeah. Okay. Scene where he's talking to Happy on the plane and he's defeated. Because originally he just wanted to live his normal life as a school kid. And then everyone's like, who's going to be the next Iron Man? You got to be the next Iron Man. And I don't want to. Yeah. But then he tries to and screws up completely. Mm -hmm. And now he's on this plane. He's like, I miss him. I can't do this. People are saying I can do this. And I've tried and I've just screwed up and made it worse. And Happy's like, look, you're not going to be Iron Man. No one can be Iron Man. Not even Iron Man could be Iron Man. He's like, but the one thing that he did right when he before he was gone was pick you, and he wouldn't have done what he did if you if if he knew you weren't going to be around. Mm-hmm. And right now, yeah, there's, you're in bad like you're you're in deep doo doo. Yeah, but what are you going to do about it? Like you can't we can't just complain. And then he like he realizes like he is he, what he wanted wasn't maybe, but he said yes to being Spider Man. And this is where it's put him now. Right. And you got to do something.
0: So it's not always going to be easy. Well, I mean, this isn't a show on Spider-Man, but I think that's a really good example because he's not supposed to say yes to being Iron Man. No. He's supposed to be saying yes to being a really good Spider-Man.
1: And I think that's a trap we can fall into with this, is being like, I'm saying yes to doing this, so I should be like that person who also does this. Yeah.
0: Well, and uh, Danielle Rose, one of the singers I was talking about earlier, she has this song called The Saint That Is Just Me. And so the the whole song is about how growing up, she wanted to be like all these great saints and she goes through all their stories and then she's like, I realized like God didn't want me to be like St. Therese or, or any of these great saints. She wanted me to be a saint myself. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And so one funny thing is a lot of the things he starts saying yes to come in handy. So like he's helping his friend's fiance now they're a bridal shower, pr- bridal shower. Okay. And they're trying to pick stuff at this shop. And the woman that works there is just like, giving them the cold shower, shoulder. And then she starts like saying something mean about them in Korean. And so he walks up and he's like, he starts speaking to her in Korean. And he's like, what's wrong? I see you like a bad, bad day. And she's just like, I know I'm having a bad day. Everyone I see is getting married. When am I going to get married? And he's like, look, see this woman, she hates my guts and you'd be helping me out if you threw like the best bridal shower for it, he like makes her laugh and she's like, okay. And like, he fixes that situation. And then later this guy is going, is on top of like a skyscraper and is going to jump. And he's there and the lady down at the bottom is like, the cops aren't getting here in time. Somebody need to go do something. So he runs up and he can't think of anything to do, but he sees a guitar. And the one song he learned was Jumper by...
0: Wish you would yeah, step so back grabs from that, that ledge, Which friend. Is, was in the
1: trailer. And saves this guy's life. Wow. And he actually gets promoted. Because even though they he was red flagged for giving out so many loans. Because he was giving out so many loans. And the people were like good at their word. They're actually making more money back. So like 98% of the people are actually paying back the loans hmm. on time. So it's like seems like a stupid idea, but worked out. Because he treated them yeah. well. Yes. Yes. In the same sense, he goes to Lincoln, Nebraska, randomly with Allison. They just go and they just pick the first flight out. And on the way back, he gets picked up by um, the people in the airport that stop you. Oh, TSA. TSA. Yes, because they're like, do you hate this country? He's like, no. He's like, well, why are you trying to marry someone from Persia and learning Korean and learning how to fly a plane and going to Lincoln, Nebraska, randomly and back? cuz who goes there? And <laughs> good point. <laughs> good point. And so, that was I want I put that in there because of what you said. Saying attacked. yes to everything isn't always good. He wasn't doing anything bad necessarily, but it doesn't mm-hmm. always work out. And one thing I forgot to mention is every time he's tried to say no, bad things start happening. So he's super he's superstitious or mm-hmm. he thinks like this covenant actually will like Bad things will happen if he says no, so he's kind of forced to say yes. So he runs after him and fall fallout to Terence, and he's like, "I need you to remove the covenant." And Terence's like, "There is no covenant. There wasn't. I was just riffing." And he's like, "Riffing?" He's like, "Yeah, I wanted. I just had to say something because you were being difficult, embarrassing me in front of my crowd." It's like so that little yes thing was all BS. And He's like, "No, you just don't know how to use it. That's all." It's like, "Yeah, I do. Say yes to everything. Real tough to grasp." It's like, "No." It's not the point. I mean, maybe at first, but that's just to get you like open to it and to realize it leads to good things. But then you start saying yes, not because you have to, not because the covenant tells you to, but because you know in your heart that you want to.
0: Ooh. And you literally already covered this, but... Yeah, but I, I think there's something more to go off of this, too. Go ahead. I, I think this has to do with charity. Yeah, okay. And, uh, and even morality, too. So a lot of the times... We, let's start with one at a time. So let's okay. start with charity. So a lot of times we feel like we have to do something nice to someone. So like we see a homeless person and we just like, we feel guilty. And so we we help them. Or we do a um, a service project because it's required for confirmation. Right. And we hate every second of it. But in the process, we learn to love to give of ourselves. And we might find something that's a a talent of ours. And maybe that's part of the adventure that we're called to maybe that's part of our journey, our spiritual journey, where maybe I just really have a service for uh, cooking. And so I start cooking meals for people. And like, that's my way of loving people. And I, I wouldn't have discovered that if I wasn't doing These service projects. If any of my confirmation students are listening right now, this is why we do it. Uh, Totally, (laughs) but it's to help you discover a desire to love, right? And it's not supposed to stay with this these rules of you have to do this. It's supposed to inspire you to go beyond that to where you, uh, like I said, but because you know in your heart that you want to, right? And that's what it's supposed to inspire. And the same thing for morality, where I was talking about how a lot of people think that the church is just a place of rules. Mm -hmm. I know a couple months ago I was getting my hair done at the barber and the lady was just trying to make conversation. It's like, so what do you do for a living? And I'm like, great, here we go. We got 20 minutes of a blade next to my face. And we're talking about the church and I'm like, uh, actually I work for the Catholic church. She's like, Oh, is not that just a place of like a bunch of rules and stuff. I'm like, A lot of people think that. And so we had a little bit of a conversation about it, but that's what people see when they think about when they, when they see the the Catholic church is just a bunch of rules. And to a certain extent, that's true, but um, I don't want to beat a dead horse because we've talked about this before, but rules are not a bad thing. We accept rules everywhere in our life, sports, driving, (laughs) work, like the government, like we accept rules all the time because they're good for society and good for humanity. And they guide us to a goal there's no rules, there's no goal. And we all realize that there's goals in in life and that's important. But one of the examples that I love is Bishop Barron uses the example of baseball. And so when you first start playing baseball, you might hate the rules because it makes the game difficult. But as you get good and as you practice and as you grow to love the game, you grow to love the rules because the rules are what make the game the game.
1: Right, exactly.
0: If you could use your feet or you could just, like, instead of hitting the ball, you just, like, punch the catcher, steal the ball, and throw it. Like, that's a different game. That's, yeah. like, some kind of Australian baseball. That's not baseball. It's not baseball. Yeah. It's weird.
1: It is it is weird that we
0: hate rules, but we hate cheaters even more. Uh, yeah. But how can someone cheat if well, there think, are no rules to bend? You know I think I mean? we only hate rules when we dislike the game. You know? Or that's true. Not even that, because I, I feel like we don't have a problem with rules in the general sense, unless it's inconvenient. Right. Uh, which is why we dislike a lot of morality. Yeah. Because it's inconvenient, and particularly the I think the rules that we struggle with the most and people hate the most are ones in regards to sexuality, because they're inconvenient and they're not fun. Right. <laughs> you know. And so it's kind of like a, a pick and choose, but I think overall, like. There's Something inside of us, like it says, we realize in our heart that we like rules because it gives structure, and as humans, we desire that kind of structure. That's why, even in the Old Testament, it was the Israelites who begged God for a king because they needed structure. Yeah, and the God's like, No, you guys don't want a king, like everyone else has a king. You guys are going to be different. We're gonna, you, you can do this, and you're going to follow me, and I will be your king. They're like, No, we still want a king. Can you give us a king? they keep going back and forth and eventually God's like okay you have a king and the irony is the descendant of that king ended up being Jesus so it was like <laughs> gotcha right. and and it's also
1: funny cuz like technically the, the yes men or the rule followers of the day of Jesus were the one the or, or the people that killed him yeah cuz cuz I was what I was thinking as I was just read reading this I'm going to read it again actually it's like that wasn't the point saying yes to everything he's like well maybe at first it is but that's just to open you up to it. And so I, I think about that as like what you and I do with youth ministry, because we're explaining like the commandments and and like what God is calling us into. This, this covenant means these 10 things. And people are like, uh, I can't like lie sometimes if it helps me, or like I, I, yeah, these things. And you're like, yeah, but if you actually follow them to a T and live it out, you'll realize how much, you're talking about, how much yeah, freer free, our yeah. lives are. And then it starts, it changes from not doing it just because you have to, or because the covenant tells you to, but yeah. because your heart actually has been shaped to desire that now.
0: Yeah. And Jesus actually points that out too, because you're talking about the priests at the time and the, yeah, the... who By that point, we're just like, we're doing this because Jesus said, said, said,
1: said, but their heart isn't there.
0: Yeah. Well, even Jesus points out though, he's like, y- you're like, these are the, the, the laws of man. So the, most of the rules that right. they, they were like all anal about in the uh, kid's like time period were rules that they had made up in the last couple hundred years, and they weren't even the rules of Moses. So if you look back into the, like the the Pentateuch, uh, the the first five right. books, yeah. those rules aren't there, and those are the those are the rules, right? <laughs> so if they're not there, they're not actually the rules, you know. Uh, and so the stuff that these these guys are all angry about that people aren't following and that they're doing. And so they feel so righteous about aren't even real, real rules. And so Jesus points out that it's, it's the heart of the law and you're, you're missing the point you're doing the rules, but you're missing the heart. And I think that's what this is getting exactly.
1: at. Yeah. And so in the end, he realizes this whole thing and is like, well, I got to go fix things with Alison. Cause essentially one thing it didn't really cover is they fall out because Allison realizes about this. Yes. Thing. And she's like, well, if you say yes to everything, how do I know that, like, you actually wanted to be with me? You actually, like, everything you've said to me isn't just because you have to say yes. Mm-hmm. And so he goes to her, and they're having this conversation, and he's explaining, like, oh, I realize, like, I don't say yes all the time, but just when I, like, want to. And she's like, yeah. Like, she's annoyed, but she's like, "That sounds, like, great. And he's like, but listen, if I didn't do this thing, I wouldn't have never have met you. Because the old Carl didn't think that he was enough for anybody. I thought of that I said yes to things and got involved with people. Then sooner or later, they'd find out that I'm not enough, but I didn't think that I had anything to share. But now I know that what I have is pretty huge and what I, and I want to share it with you. And even if I had met you, I would have never asked you out because you were the complete opposite of me and you did things and you had friends and you sang in rock bands and you made life happen and you weren't scared of anything. She's like, you don't think I'm scared of anything? Who do you think I am? I'm scared of a lot of things like i'm scared too let's let's be scared together and she's like i just don't know what you want me to say it's like just say yes but only if you want to and she ends up saying maybe he's like i'm cool with maybe of course she does she's like i just don't want to say that word she's it's too salty about it right (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah yeah, yeah. (laughs) talk to me later yeah but I, i just his bit is the biggest because that goes back to the beginning where i said saying yes is so scary and because when you say yes to something it especially if you're talking about covenants it's an offering of yourself. Mhm. And I sometimes we don't like who we are because we don't really know who we are because we have to say yes to this covenant to find out.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, that's something I wanted to bring up before is that a covenant is more than just a contract. A lot of times we think that it's a contract where there's agreements on two parts, when in reality a covenant in in the the Hebrew sense is um giving of self where mm-hmm. families are bonded together, which is right. why it actually fits that. We are talking about baptism before where our entrance into Christianity through our baptism is a covenant with God where we enter into his family. And it's something where it's really a covenant is really under the power of the patriarch of that family because the, the people entering into the family, they can do stuff and there's stuff that's expected of them. But in reality, everything comes down to the patriarch and and their power in welcoming someone into that family. And it's the same thing with, with our relationship with God, where no matter what we do, it ultimately comes down to whether or not God wants us in his family. And the answer is always yes. Right. Uh, Which is actually really convenient. I didn't plan that, but yeah, he, he always wants us in and he's, he's constantly reaching out for us. And that's what the entire story of scripture is about is him reaching out and reaching out and everyone else like, The Hebrew is pushing away, like, we don't want to be in your family anymore. We want to do this. Um, But he just keeps pulling them back. Um, But I think what you're saying with Carl is exactly it, where... I'm going to keep tying it back to Bilbo, because I think that's a good example, too. Where they both feel like they're comfortable where they are, or they're scared of what might happen next, and they're scared that they aren't good enough. Yeah, And that's exactly where we are in our adventure, too, when we're afraid of where God's calling us or we're not willing to listen. Maybe, I don't know, I was having a conversation recently about vocations, and just how a lot of the times, first off, a lot of us just don't even think about vocations. But when we do, uh, we just, we don't know where to look, or we feel like, I can't do that, even in the context of marriage. Like, anyone who said that marriage is like the default like, you're crazy. Is, <laughs> there's a reason why there's two people in marriage and only one in, in priesthood and uh, religious life. It's, it's hard. But yeah, so just like being afraid to pursue your vocation, I think. And, and being afraid of like whatever God's calling you to when in reality we need to say yes when he presents us with something. And
1: that leads right into my challenge. It's not, I mean, I want to paint a little better, but because uh, we're doing Exodus, um, there was a, I think it was yesterday's or two days ago reflection that just really hit, hit home the best. I think it was yesterday's and we're going through the story of Exodus. And obviously it's one of those things where you hear over and over again, Pharaoh hardened his heart as, mm-hmm. as, as like Moses is trying to plead God with God's words. And there's this, we finally hit the point where it says God hardened Pharaoh's heart. And I think the Exodus reflection explained that the, the best, but Oh yeah. That but, was such
0: a good reflection
1: when we if 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 we have to start this way cuz i don't know who's listening or where you're at but let's start here if god is real and he is who we or he is, says he is then the things we want are going to do two things they're going to be elevated and and our, our hearts will be softened with joy and and compassion and like everything that we we've wanted in life is met or the things that we want Ultimately, our hearts will be hardened because they're not what we know God wants. And so I want you to sit with that because God's always calling us into something. And usually that, that thing is some sort of change, mm-hmm. some sort of essentially adventure, the things we talk about, but that adventure is going to cause... in the adventure of discipleship. It's like the third thing, which is it's going to be turmoil and yeah, hardship.
0: Right. Yeah, it's going to be a challenge. Yeah,
1: those, those that's going to arise, but that's going to change you, like we said in the hero's arc. So sit down and just sit with the idea of if God is real and he is who he says he is, what does that mean? He wants of me. And is your heart hardened with that thought or is it softened? And just, I don't know, try to say, I'm not saying say yes to it if if it's hardened, but sit with why and and just sit in that and take some sort of small measure to maybe desiring to say yes.
0: Yeah, I think I would add to that. Father Mike Schmitz talks about some tips for discernment, uh, not just for priesthood, but just like discernment in general. And he talks about how when you're starting, you you shouldn't focus on what is my capital V vocation, right? Am I supposed to get married? Am I supposed to be a priest? Am I supposed to be a a nun or religious? You need to start by, first off, having constant prayer. Mm -hmm. But also the other thing that he says is, saying yes and doing the right thing in the small things. Because when you're doing the right thing in the small things, you are preparing your heart to receive God. Uh, So just like Advent was a whole season of preparing our hearts to receive God. Uh, Similarly, Lent, which we're about to start in a couple weeks, is also preparing us to receive God uh, coming at the resurrection, right? And so we're about to have this whole period where this is really, really important. Um, but the example you were talking about from Exodus, it's really, really cool because they talked about how when you prepare yourself like butter, which is soft, or you prepare yourself like clay, which is kind of firm and you put them in the sun, God being the sun, they react differently. So if you soften your heart and you're preparing yourself when God comes and he shines his light on you, if you've made yourself like butter, you will melt which is softening your heart. But if you've prepared yourself like clay and you've turned yourself away from God in those places where he's been calling you, you're going to only become more rigid and and harden your heart even more like a pot. Yeah.
1: And what it says, and this is actually something it's good to add is if you're sitting with that question, if like, if God is real and he is who he says he is, what does that mean of me? It says when, when we're praying and we might be more like clay, usually it's when you get frustrated in prayer or when you get anxious or when you, when you have doubts. So if, if that thought, what does he, what does that mean of me causes those feelings? And that means he is calling you into something that is scary to you and that you've probably been saying no to. And at this point, maybe you didn't even know it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you're like, okay, what is that? Why? And if maybe that's as much as this challenge will take you, you don't know what the answer is, but you're just like, what is that? And why? And just sit with that. That's really my challenge.
0: The other thing I would add as a challenge is, uh, find something that's difficult for you that, you know, you should have done uh, a long time ago or maybe not so long ago and do it. Yeah. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe it's exercising, right? And that's a a pretty common example, right? Guilty. (laughs) Right. I I know I should have been going to the gym and I, I know I've been saying this for years and I just, I just haven't. Do it this week. Whatever that thing is, that's really been getting at you don't make it a big thing. Don't start with like, I'm going to go to the gym every day for two hours every day. Like don't do that. Yeah. Maybe it's, uh, I'm going to eat a healthy meal or I'm going to go to the gym once this week. And
1: to be fair, if you're doing that because you're like, I'm trying to make healthy habits or I'm trying to do this yes thing to build something to move on the little voice that's like, like right before you, like, you know, you're like on Tuesday, you're like I want to work out tomorrow and you're so amped, but mm-hmm. then you go to do it the next day and you're like, I don't want to do this. I don't like it. That's like on a certain level, it could be spiritual attack because it's oh, like, sure. I know this is making a good habit out of you and I know it's going to lead to something spiritually good. No. Yeah. That's from the screw tape letters too. Yeah. It's, it's that minor. So that's why it's like, you don't have to do something big, do something small because even that's going to be attacked. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Shoutouts. Oh, I, wait, you go. Yeah.
0: I have one oh you have a shout out yeah okay so i want to give a shout out to uh, a new listener who was texting me this week about the show and she was just super excited sweet uh, annalisa harley no. i've never said that as her last name before she listens to the podcast she just started listening wow. uh, yeah so i so she doesn't know who i am yet no she started listening to the new ones oh okay yeah she started from season three so she knows who you are oh okay okay and also, you've met her. We were literally at our house just the other kidding. day. I was like, what the heck? Uh, but yeah, so I convinced her to start reading C.S. Lewis' as She Shana practically Wilson married us. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Well, <laughs> she was there. She helped a lot. She's why I'm one person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I convinced her to start reading C.S. Lewis, and uh, it got her so hyped that she wanted to see what the show was about. So cool. So she's been checking it out and loved the Two Popes episode. Oh, wow. So. Nice. Do you have any shoutouts? Uh I'm really bad at this part as of late.
1: Um Lizzie. Nick Seckford. Mm. I don't wanna I don't I hate I know we've gotten feedback and people don't like shouting at the same people and so I'm trying not to do that.
0: If you don't like it then reach out to us, we'll give you a shout no, out no, no, instead. No, no.
1: <laughs> I know you guys listen and I, I wanna shout you guys out, but um it's really just been work and Lizzie right now. I shout out Nick because 'cause it's been a long time since I've seen him and um I know he listens. Even though I probably won't hear this for a while. But yeah, uh, really just you guys that make this happen. Um, yeah, yeah, thank you. I don't mm-hmm.
0: know. That's it. Cool. With that, thank you guys for joining us on the adventure this week. We are the Christ and Culture. We're so excited to have you guys here.
1: We have things that you can check out if yes. you like us.
0: You can follow us on the social medias, which would be Facebook, The Christ and Culture, YouTube, The Christ and Culture, where you can find all these episodes as uh, videos. You can find us on Twitter at OnTheAdventure2. You can also check out all of our stuff at our website where you can also find out who our guests are, a little bit about them, a little bit about us, our blog, all that cool stuff, which is thechristandculture.com. And if you enjoy what we do and want to become one of our patrons, you can support us for uh, as little as $5 a month. And in return, you will get bonus content, prizes, hangout sessions with us, different stuff like that. Uh, And you can find that at patreon.com backslash the christian culture You can also support us for as
1: as, as much as 200 yeah. a month yeah
0: or i mean your whole salary yeah whatever you decide uh god says to give from your your wealth uh and from your lack not, of wealth
1: but not because you have to or the covenant tells you to but,
0: but because you to. know in your heart that you want to and with that thank you and we'll see you guys next week